The Daily Rios, episode 436, Timeline Tuesday for September 2018. Hey everyone, this is your host, Peter. Hey look, I actually managed to find some time to do a podcast. There are some things going on in the month of September. I may have talked about it, or maybe I haven't. Or if you follow me on Twitter, you might have uh, deduced what's going on. But uh, there will be some changes going on by the end of September. And if I haven't talked about it before, I certainly will talk about it eventually. Or maybe, um, I think I might have mentioned it on the next Legion Project episode, uh, number 11, which will uh, be released sometime this week, I think, or next Um, so yeah, either way, you'll find out soon enough, but here I am, I've managed to find some time to do an episode, and this episode is one of my favorites. It is a look at comic history, anniversaries, first issues, first appearances, stories, events, etc. It is a Timeline Tuesday episode, where I will take a look at release dates, not cover dates, as best as my research allows, so that we can celebrate all the anniversaries in September, whether they happened 10 years ago, 25 years ago, 50 years ago, or even 75 years ago. And if I missed anything, or you have corrections on the following list, please, by all means, let me know, peterthedailyrios.com, or you can leave a comment on the website, or you can follow me on Twitter, Peter J. Rios. All right, we start... 10 years ago, September 2008. We start with Secret Six number one. First, they were in a comic called Villains United. Then the Secret Six got a new miniseries in 2006. Then they had appearances in Birds of Prey, Checkmate, Salvation Run. And finally, as I said, Secret Six number one, the first of a series that lasted 36 issues by Gail Simone and Nicholas Scott uh, and Jim Calafiore and others, ending just prior to the New 52. And this was the team that included Scandal and Ragdoll, Catman, I believe Bane was in the group by this point, and a few others. Uh, A team that emerged during Infinite Crisis and lasted for a number of years And I believe there was even one post-New 52, right? Somewhere around there. A lot of stuff I haven't read. Uh, Certainly not their first appearance, but Secret Six number one is the first of their ongoing series, lasting 36 issues. Also, 10 years ago, September 2008, El Diablo, one of six, written by Jai Nitz, penciler Phil Hester, inker Andy Parks, Color Sky Major, and others. This is the El Diablo that is featured in the Suicide Squad movie. So this isn't the original El Diablo, but this is Chato Santana, who is a gang leader, and he's left for dead, and eventually he winds up in a hospital, and he winds up laying next to the original El Diablo, Lazarus Lane, and somehow... Lazarus manages to pass the mantle of El Diablo and all his powers to Santana. So we have the original El Diablo who debuted in All-Star Western number 2 in 1970. 
He was created by Robert Kaniger and Gray Morrow. Always loved Gray Morrow's artwork. Then there was a second version in uh, 1989 called Raphael Sandoval, and he first appeared in El Diablo number one. And that series ran for 16 issues and eventually found his way into Justice League America. And then, as I said, this is the new version, El Diablo number one from 2008, Chato Santana. And this is the one that has the tattoos all over his face. And uh, as I said, the one that is featured in Suicide Squad, both the comics and the movie to this day. He's also been in animation and video games, I think. So this is the one that's been spread around a lot. Also, 2008, in September, 10 years ago, Marvel released The Stand, Captain Trips, number one, the first of six miniseries by Marvel. This was a five-issue miniseries that adapted the Stephen King novel of the same name, The Stand. And it was written by Roberto Aguera Sacasa, illustrated by Mike Perkins, colored by Laura Martin and others. As I said, it would go on to adapt the book, and it would be published in all the different miniseries from 2008 to 2012, 31 issues in total, and Stephen King did act as creative and executive director of the project. And then Marvel, probably around this time, was also doing Dark Tower. Uh, This was a series that, you know, I just finished reading The Stand a number of years ago after my third attempt. But this was something that when it finally finished, I thought, hmm, you know, I saw the old Stand miniseries on TV. It might be kind of fun to actually revisit the story in comic book form. So maybe someday I'll take a look at that. And there you have it. Not a lot for 2008. There might be just some things that I missed or maybe there wasn't much going on in terms of first appearances or major storylines. As I said, I think I might have just missed some stuff, but... Let's continue. Let's go to September 1993, 25 years ago. We start with Wolverine 75 by Larry Hama and Adam Kubert and company. Fatal Attractions is coming to a close across the X-Men line of books. This issue takes place after the events um, from... X-Men or Uncanny X-Men, where the X-Men went up against Magneto and the Acolytes up on Asteroid M, which was renamed Avalon. Magneto had sucked all the adamantium out of Logan, and this is the issue after Logan went through some healing, because his healing factor was gone, that he's in the danger room, and he gets all excited, and he pops bone claws. Schluck, I think the sound effect was. So we find out that Wolverine has always had natural claws, bone claws, and that the adamantium was put on top of that. So that happened 25 years ago. And there was a pretty unique time in the X-Universe. There was a lot going on. It was kind of dark. We had Magneto and the Acolytes, as I said, Fabian Cortez. We had Exodus, the Legacy Virus. Uh, A young Ilyana had just died from the legacy virus. Colossus had gone off with Magneto. Yeah, pretty interesting time. I I was a big fan of that era. Okay, also from Marvel, Avengers West Coast number 100 by Roy Thomas and David Ross. Featuring the team of Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, War Machine, U.S. Agent, 
and the Secret Wars version of Spider-Woman. And this issue, as Mephisto and Satanish were going at it in hell or wherever they were, uh, by the end of the issue, we got the death of Mockingbird. So here we are in 1993, and her story wouldn't be resolved until, well, around 2008-2009, when we got the return of Mockingbird at the end of Secret Invasion, right? I believe she was one of the want few, one of the very few, that when all those characters came off uh, one of those ships, she wasn't a scroll. She actually was the real Mockingbird, I think. I mean, they might have changed it, and I just didn't realize, but... So yeah, so 25 years ago, Avengers West Coast 100. Also 25 years ago, we had Avengers 368 by Bob Harris and Steve Epting. This is the Steve Epting time of art that I really liked. All those uh, black jackets or, or brown jackets, I should say, that the Avengers wore. You could see a lot of his line work in his art. And there was just a kinetic energy to it. And I know it's not his favorite, but I liked it. Uh, anyway, so this is Blood Ties Part 1 featuring the X-Men. Uh, as I mentioned, Fabian Cortez has taken over Genosha and captured the daughter of Crystal and Quicksilver. Little Luna, her name was. And this was the start of a team-up between the Avengers and the X-Men against Fabian Cortez. And other things happened as well. Um, I believe it brought about the end of Avengers West Coast in uh, a few more issues past 100 and some other things happened. So uh, Blood Ties, that was the big event back then. And then we also got Firearm Number 1 25 years ago, written by James Robinson, penciled by Cully Hamner. And this was in the Malibu Comics Ultraverse imprint. It would last 18 issues. The series was about Alex Swan, a private investigator who, against his own wishes, becomes embroiled in cases involving the strange and the ultra-human. So it's just a new character within the Ultraverse universe that popped up 25 years ago in September. We also had Sax and Violins, number one, written by Peter David and George Perez. And this was from Marvel's Epic Comics imprint. And it was under the line called Heavy Hitters. And it had a lot of violence and a lot of sex, just like the name implies. Uh, and it was a way for Peter David and George Perez just to kind of go bonkers. Um, I think it even opens in a snuff porn recording. It's very weird, very weird. Um, but that team actually showed up in Peter David's other series called Fallen Angels. So Saxon Violins, number one, 25 years old. Some other things here. The Secret Wars Spider-Woman, as I mentioned, she got a miniseries. Issue one was released 25 years ago by Dan Thomas, Roy Thomas, and John Zopp and Company. And this would be between, uh, it took place between the West Coast team disbanding and the formation of force works later on and that spider woman is named julia carpenter and over at dc they released one of my favorite else worlds called speeding bullets by jam dimatteis and eduardo barreto and this was when superman was found by the waynes kal-el was found by thomas and martha wayne and it explores how superman's life might have turned out if he had been raised by Batman's parents. 
Now, eventually, by the end, he becomes a Superman character. I think Lex Luthor is turned into a Joker-like character, I think, in this one. It's very strange, but I like this one a lot. All right, now we move to September 1968. 50 years ago, Silver Surfer number three, featuring a character created by Stan Lee and John Buscema for the first time, we get the anniversary, the 50th anniversary of Mephisto, who I just mentioned in Avengers West Coast issue 100. So that's right, Mephisto is 50 years old as of September. So September 1968, we got his first appearance and he would be an ongoing Silver Surfer villain. Some people may not know that. They may think he popped up in, uh, you know, another title or uh, with another character but no he was created to be a villain for silver surfer also 50 years ago angel and the ape number one a humor comic created by e nelson bridwell uh the series would last seven issues with art by comic artist bob oxner mostly inked by wally wood featuring the characters angel and the ape who actually first appeared in showcase 77 just a few months prior so Angel O'Day is a private investigator, and her partner is Sam Simeon. They have gone through many, many, many changes. At one point, Sam is a comic book artist. Uh, he is a talking gorilla, right? His name, Simeon, is, is a play on Simeon, the word Simeon. They would show up in Crisis. They would show up in a 80s Swamp Thing annual and then they got a four-issue miniseries in 1991 by Phil Folio. And this is where we got the revelation that Angel is the half-sister of Dumb Bunny, a member of the Inferior Five, who were also part of a Bridwell humor comic. Uh, Sam Simeon is also changed for that miniseries. Uh, he is the grandson of Gorilla Grodd, which is kind of strange. And then all of that, you know, more or less survived or got changed in their other appearances. They also had a Vertigo four-issue miniseries in 2001 with uh, art cover art by Art Adams. So that was kind of cool to see. And then they've shown up here and there randomly. So Angel and the Ape. Fun little silly concept from DC Comics. If I dip into the Titans universe, we have, to f we have a 50th anniversary for... Uh, Starfire in Teen Titans Volume 1, 18 from 1968. This is the character known as Red Star, or who would who would change to become Red Star, Leonard Kovar, created by Len Wein, Marv Wolfman, and Bill Drought. He becomes the first official Russian superhero in the DC Universe. And then the next time we would see him is in New Teen Titans Volume 1, Issue 18, that's where he's called Red Star. He would pop up in the book here and there, and I believe he makes a really random appearance in Doomsday Clock just recently. Um, I don't think I've read that issue yet, but uh, yeah. Red Star, celebrating 50 years in the month of September. Okay, some other random things for September of 1968. Fantastic Four 81, Crystal of the Inhumans, joins the Fantastic Four team while Sue is taking care of her newborn boy. Showcase 78 features the DC uh, first appearance of the character known as Johnny Double, kind of like a mod spy. 
Uh, Strange Adventures 215, also from DC, uh, during the whole Dead Man storyline, we get the first appearance of the League of Assassins and a character known as Sensei, although I believe at that time they were called the Society of Assassins. Wonder Woman 68 is the second issue featuring her new non-Wonder Woman costumed look. We got the first appearance of a villain known as Dr. Cyber, and also the first appearance of a mentor to Wonder Woman known as I Ching. So this is during her depowered time. Uh, I believe DC has traded that time under the brand Diana Prince. And then X-Men 50, 50 years ago, we get a new logo for the X-Men title. It is the logo that they kept for a long, 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 long time. And I believe it was created by Starenko. So if you if you are familiar with the X-Men or Uncanny X-Men logo that is on a slant and, and it kind of moves to, away from your eye, that was created 50 years ago. And finally, 75 years ago, September 1943, we have a few things here. All Flash 12 is the first appearance of the Golden Age thinker known as Clifford DeVoe. He was the big bad of Flash Season 4 that just uh, wrapped up in the uh, spring. Uh, created by Gardner Fox, Everett Hibbard, with editor Sheldon Mayer. Uh, a character that actually survived the Golden Age into the Bronze Age, Silver Age, and into the Modern Age. Detective Comics 81, created by Don Cameron and Bob Kane, was the first appearance of Cavalier, the swashbuckling villain of Batman. Uh, and then we have... Marvel Mystery Comics number 49 is the first appearance of the Marvel version of their Miss America, created by writer Otto Binder and artist Al Gabriel for Timely Comics. Now, there was a quality version prior to this known as uh, Joan Dale, and she was created in Military Comics number 1, 1941, and eventually that character was carried over to DC when they purchased quality, but you didn't really see a lot of her. Now, Marvel's Miss America, or Timely's Miss America, would get her own book uh, in early 1944. And it was a title that focused on a lot of like teen romance stories, along with articles on topics such as cooking, fashion, makeup, Eventually, the title would introduce the long-running teen humor comic known as Patsy Walker. And Miss America would, would run 126 issues, although it would go through a whole bunch of changes um, as it went on. Even to one point where it became a magazine and they would use photo covers of everyday teens on the covers. This is the character who would go on to marry the Golden Age wizard. And although they had a son named Nucklo, I believe, uh, at one point it was believed that Miss America and the Wizard were parents to Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, which kind of makes sense because the Wizard was a speedster, Quicksilver is a speedster, and uh, I think it had something to do with all of their babies had like radiation, so maybe that's where the mutation came into, but eventually that was all disregarded. And Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch became the son and daughter of Magneto. So there you go, Miss America, 75 years ago. All right, that's it. That's all. Let me know what you remember, uh, if you know of any other anniversaries that hit 
within the month of September. Apparently, September 25th is National Comic Book Day. I don't know what that is, but it's been going on for a while. I may have heard of it before. I just don't remember. But there's another anniversary or another holiday to celebrate. By all means, send me an email, peter at thedailyrios.com. Hope you enjoyed this episode. This has been The Daily Rios, episode 436, for Tuesday, September 18th. Talk to you soon.